and welcome to The Juice and the Squeeze. I'm Julia Strand here as always with my co-host, Jonathan Peel. Hey, Jonathan. It's been a while. Hey, Julia. It has. We took a little hiatus, dear listeners, because, uh, well, there was an election and madness and daycare closed, and uh, it's, it's been quite a time. But, but we're, we're back. back. Yep. And we're eager to talk to you. At least for now. We'll have to we'll have to see what happens next week. Uh, you know, we uh remember that remember that episode we we did the all, all we can do is the best we can do? Right. Here we That's are. Right. Taking our own advice, right? <laughs> In the meantime, we forgot how to have banter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, so I have, I wanted to give, I know everyone's really um, wondering about this. I want to give a little update from um, from St. Louis. So we're having, um, as we're recording this, we're having uh, some snow outside, uh, which is great. It won't stick, but um, I like the winter, as some of you know, and so uh, the snow makes me happy. And uh, this past weekend, we got a Christmas tree. and uh, And so for people who aren't from St. Louis... Ted Drew's is a frozen custard stand, and they make very good frozen custard. And uh, this time of year, they also sell Christmas trees. And when we moved to St. Louis, I I was very confused because uh, most years we would get a Christmas tree, and people would be talking about getting their Christmas tree at Ted Drew's, which I knew was a frozen custard place. And so I I, I didn't get it. And so for years, I uh, embarrassingly like refused to to think about it. And then one year we tried it and then we discovered that, of course, it's amazing to get a Christmas tree and then get some frozen custard at the same place. And it was a great tradition. And so now we're full on St. Louisians and uh, that's our that's our new family tradition. It's it's kind of a great business model, too, right? Like, sure. At the time of year when people stop getting frozen custard, what can we sell them instead? Mm-hmm. That's right. Smart. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, you know, so this probably... Um, Anyway, there are probably at least there are probably a lot of factors, but one of them is that our our older daughter is now um, she's four now, and so starting last year, like anyway, she knows what frozen custard is, and she's a big fan of this tradition. So now it's also like extra fun for her. Oh yeah, I was about to say it's the most wonderful time of the year, but it's not. That's Halloween time. I, I was waiting for you to for you to say that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, one, it's a wonderful time of year. The, the winter holidays are also nice. I look forward to celebrating many of them. Uh, our family does Christmas and Hanukkah and solstice. And this year, uh, I'm also excited about celebrating something where I'm going to figure out the date of the, the the average date of the first frost of the year and the average date of the last frost of the year and then have some kind of party. And by party, I mean just hang out with my family uh, that's like halfway between. So we can be like statistically probably we're on the way out now, you know, like the, the halfway point. Okay. I just want to see um, distributions and confidence intervals around all of your estimates. <laughs> I look forward to this incorporating point uh, appropriate measures of variability yeah. when I do that. Perfect. Okay. And sharing and sharing the R markdown with our listeners, please. <laughs> I'll just post it on OSF. They can okay. find it. Perfect. Perfect. Look, look at all these inside jokes we're working into Nerds. our banter. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're back. <laughs> all right. We're back. Here we are. Um, so the topic for today is uh, has has to do with with families and parenting while academic. Um, so the the pandemic has brought into sharper focus many things for us, uh, including some of the challenges of work life balance. And so we wanted to talk about kind of our journey of 
having kids while being academics and share the, you know, meager advice that, that we have. Um, I want to start, though, by uh, giving a disclaimer that is bigger and more important than usual about how your mileage may vary. So, of course, with any advice that we give, I think we often include lots of disclaimers like, well, it might depend on the department and the kind of institution and blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, I think especially when it comes to family stuff, Different situations are really deeply different. And so we have an N of two because we each have one family, um, but the answers that we give may, may not be right for everyone. Um, every family is different. So your mileage may vary if you have a different kind of job or a different kind of partner or your partner has a different kind of job or you have different kinds of kids or or anything like that. So we're happy to share our experiences, but take them with a grain of salt as always. Yeah. And I think, you know, Anyway, I hope that um, even if even if you are not thinking about kids at the moment or or never or whatever, there might be you know I think some of these issues are broader. So I think I think we'll be a little yeah. bit you know kid centric because that's where where we're coming into this. But um, I think you know these issues do affect lots of us, and uh, and also it's it's maybe helpful to know what your peers and colleagues might be thinking about, even if it, it doesn't seem relevant to you. So yep. um, anyway, and, just throw that out there. And too. how these things may contribute to departmental cultures, gender mm-hmm. inequity in our institutions yep. and so forth. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yep. Um, so roll call, Jonathan, tell us about your kids. All right. Well, so we have three kids. Uh, uh, our older daughter is four and then we have uh, baby twins, not babies anymore, but they just turned one. Um, so we're up to an N of three, which means we're outnumbered. Um, and let's see. So uh, our first child was born in 2016, and I started um, at WashU as an assistant professor in 2012. So I was sort of four years into my uh, first faculty job uh, when we started, and uh, and then the the twins last year. At least you have four arms total, though. That seems Exa- like yeah, number. exactly. Yeah. We have to really protect our arms because, uh, we, yeah, we need at least something, some advantage. Um, all right. And my kids are uh, five and a half, she would want me to say, uh, and three. Um, so I had them also after being in a tenure track position for a couple of years, but pre-tenure for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, I guess, kind of similar in that we both had them pre-tenure. Wait, the baby's post-tenure yep. for you? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so one of the questions that I often hear people ask about uh, about about having kids in, in academia is, what is the best time? Should you have kids in grad school? Should it be in your postdoc? Should it be in a faculty job? When should you do it? Um, in my notes, in our Google Doc, for my reminders of things that I wanted to talk about, the note currently says, is there a, quote, best time in the academic path to have kids? And the note that I wrote under it is F that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I think um, the, the, the best time to have kids is when it is best for your family to have kids. Um, and, and I think the challenges are different at different times in your career. So, mm-hmm. for instance, uh, things like parental leave are probably the most generous in faculty positions, although they aren't always, certainly, uh, than as a graduate student. Um, but I, I think the the things that affect when is good for you to have kids in your own personal life uh, are way, way bigger. Like, it may be that there's a point in your career where it might be slightly easier to have kids, but if that is a time in your life that is worse to, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the personal issues, I think, just really swamp the professional ones. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think um, there are a lot of unknowns in in both career and with with family stuff and kids. And so in a way, anyway, yes, so we should all try to make the decisions that are best for us. But it's also it's a little bit of a farce to think that you can know when it's the best time, I think. I mean, even if even if this was a reasonable thing to think, we'd probably be wrong because there's a lot we don't know. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. So I think, yep. I think to a certain extent, you, you really can't, if you're a planner, um, I think it is still like probably impossible to actually plan like very efficiently. Right. Cause sometimes it, you know, takes a lot of time to have kids and sometimes career paths change from what you were expecting. And so, um, yeah, that, that's why I think like it's, it's much better to prioritize the personal stuff than mm-hmm. the professional stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I also just want to go back to just how you introduced this, Julia, but I would say it's a question that comes up a lot, but there are people with strong feelings. And so you mm-hmm. will come across people who say you must, you mustn't, you must never have kids as a postdoc, or you must always have kids as a postdoc or whatever. Like there mm-hmm. are people with really strong opinions. And I think partly that's what you and I are uh, wary of. Yeah. Maybe that's too nice. We don't we don't agree with that um, because 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 of all these reasons. So I think yeah, yeah also have to be like, yeah right for like you know for one person like I definitely have had people say oh postdoc is the best time to have kids but maybe it's because like their postdoc mentor you know was a working parent and was particularly accommodating and their postdoc was four years long and so you know like there's so many factors that that can influence it that I think it's really hard to mm-hmm. take other people's advice on that mm-hmm. um, and of course you know the things to keep in mind are like. How long is your current position likely to last? What kind of support and resources um, are available? You know, how much flexibility are you going to have during it? And those kinds of things. But really, it matters way more whether, like, you want to have babies or not than if you were a postdoc mentor, whatever. Like, I just, I, I think the personal stuff is so much more important. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do think it's worth, um, you know, it's worth thinking about, about the support of the environment that you're in. Um, and it, it, which also including like what country you're in. And so mm-hmm. like in the U S our kind of legal, legal protections for, for parents are pretty lousy. And so you're really a little bit at the, well, a lot at the mercy of your, of your advisor or employer, I think. Yeah. Um, whereas I think in other countries, you know, with more generous family leave and, and, you know, um, paternal leave, you know, paternity leave in addition to maternity leave and things like that, there's, there's more of a cultural expectation of taking more time off that is paid at some level. Uh-huh. Um, and that can be, a, that can be a benefit too. Yeah. This is kind of a tangent, but I'd really be fascinated to know about like the history of, of why we have such bad systems. Mm-hmm in place for that in the Mm -hmm. States. And like, have people tried to fix that? What are the objections? It just seems like such like, I don't understand why. Well, yeah. Is there a chance that maybe the people who passed those laws were not primary caregivers? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Is there a chance? Could it be? (laughs) Um, Yeah. But like, I mean, that may well be the case in other countries too. Or I mean, mm -hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, someone's probably looked at it. Anyway, Um, if anyone has a good article for me to read about that, I would be interested too. Yeah. So anyway, we both had our kids after, well, anyway, as faculty members, um, mm-hmm. and how, I don't know, like how, how was that? Should we, should we talk about how that was for us and our experiences of that time? Cause we might know that better as opposed to yeah, other times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so I, uh, yeah, the, the timing worked out well that, you know, that was the right time for our family. Um, and, uh, so I, uh, uh, Carlton where I teach has a very generous, um, family leave policy. So I got one term, uh, we're on trimester. So one term with no teaching, um, or research or service or anything, uh, for, for each of the kiddos. Um, and I was somewhat reluctant to take the family leave after my after my second kid because that was right after I had had a full year sabbatical uh there's like my my pre-tenure sabbatical um and so I felt very cheeky going to the dean and saying hey thanks for giving me a whole year with no teaching or service responsibilities now can I have more time um but when I talked to uh, like all of the people who I collected advice from about you know how should I handle this and what do I do and how do I frame it and all of that all of them uniformly said, oh, take this leave. This is like, these are different things. The first one was for you to do scholarship. The second one is because you had a baby. And don't think of it as like, oh, I'm just asking for more time off. Think of it as first I was doing this job. Now I'm doing this job. Those both happen to not involve teaching, but you know, they're, they're different jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I also opted to stop my tenure clock for a year, given that, uh, given that I had taken these you know, two, two terms off um, for babies. Um, I was also very fortunate in that, uh, my, my department was really accommodating. So, uh, Lucy, my eldest was born in May and because we're on trimesters, our term goes until June. Um, but the, one of my senior colleagues was willing to team teach with me that spring so that I basically taught the first half of the course and she taught the second half so that I got credit for teaching for that whole spring term and then could take fall term off and didn't have to go back to teaching until uh, until Lucy was like seven months old. Um, so I, I feel like I was very lucky in that Carlton was generous and my department was kind and kid friendly. Um, and, and those things, those things were very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems great. And it seems like, you know, having colleagues who are, who are willing to work with you and sort of like, yeah, partner with you a little bit is, is a huge mm-hmm. benefit, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just thinking about as a, well, we can come back to this, but, but that's potentially different than as a, as a postdoc, depending on your situation. I mean, at least for me as a postdoc, I, you know, I wasn't teaching, but I mean, it was just me, right? I mean, I wasn't yeah. like partnering with other people on my research papers. If I took time off, they would just, nothing would happen. And maybe mm-hmm. that's fine, but it's a little bit of a different, maybe a different like calculation. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, so, so one thing I also, you know, like to point out to people uh, um, is that it took us a long time to have our first child. And so we um, went through lots of, um, lots of doctor's appointments and ended up doing a, um, lots of rounds of IVF, which is time consuming and expensive and, and emotionally challenging. And so I say that not to, you know, I don't need any pity, but um, it was, it was surprising to me also that, uh, you know, things didn't happen as planned. And so we were sort of caught off guard by that uh, in terms of, yeah, you know, I say, oh, it's, you, know, you have a plan, but you don't know if it will go to plan. So ours, mm-hmm. you know, did not go according to the plan we wanted. Um, and that threw a bunch of additional complications in there. Um, so I think that was also, uh, I don't know, I don't know if we would have done something differently like had kids earlier if that would have increased our chances of not needing to go the ivf route but um anyway who knows we didn't so Mm -hmm. so that was that was how it worked for us um we let's see so at the medical school i think it's weird at the medical school so so i had to to request a specific period of um 
paternity leave, which was a little bit vague on what I could request, but my department chair gave it to me. But I would say that I, I've really made use of the flexible schedule um, in helping out. And so I, I kind of benefited more from the flexible schedule than the, the six weeks of official time, you know, time that I took. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, in, institutions vary a lot in how much time they they offer people, whether they only give it to mothers or mothers who have had biological children um, or any family member or adopted kids. Um, you know, there's 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 a lot of variability there. Um, one thing uh, that that I am I mean, as I said, Carlton is is generous and I think very fair about these issues. Um, but this is something that uh, now that I have tenure, if I didn't think they were fair about this, this is absolutely one that I would go to the mat for. I think this is a, a place where senior colleagues can really um, have a lot of influence on what life is like for for junior faculty. I mean, given that junior faculty are the ones who are more likely to be having babies. Mm-hmm. Um you know, family leave should be for people of all genders, for biological children and adopted children and foster children. Um, I, I think the the uh, kind of antiquated view of family leave is that it's it's time like for your body to heal. So like you should only you know mm-hmm. you should only be able to have family leave if you pushed a baby out of your body. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it, it's not just time for your body to recover um you know it's time for for you to settle in as a family and get to know your baby and figure out your routine and try to sleep and you know come to terms with this like huge change in life um and so and so i think not having policies in place that are conducive to that um aren't just bad for families they're also like bad for institutions because they are uh because they are putting people in a situation where they're back to work at a time when they just can't do their best work mm-hmm. I mean, just to, just to add to your list, which I, of course, agree with everything, but also um, not everywhere has a paternity leave, or if they do, it's typically mm-hmm. not not great. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's another thing that is is a big uh, challenge too. And I think that you know, well, so so just to just to be explicit, uh, women tend to um, carry an undue amount of burden of childcare. Uh, I think that goes throughout, probably throughout childhood, throughout parenthood. Um, and so, uh, and I think that's, anyway, I think that's still true. Maybe it's better than it was, but I think anything that we can do to help, um, normalize, you know, men helping more with childcare, I think is useful. And I think, you know, obviously if you don't have any time off to help with that, or if you have a week or something ridiculous, which is what a lot of places get, um, that just perpetuates, you know, childcare is, is women's work, um, mm-hmm. which I don't think is fair. I mean, it, that may work. So your mileage may vary. That may work for your 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 family, but I don't think we should reinforce it culturally being the expectation. Right, and we shouldn't like build in systems as part of our institutions that, that perpetuate that. And 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 the data are striking um, that women uh, women who have children on average earn less money than women who don't have children, but men who have children earn more. Um, so researchers call this the the, the fatherhood the fatherhood bonus. Um, and the motherhood penalty, motherhood disadvantage, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and and so having uh, having parental leave for all genders and encouraging people to take it um, is is one of the things that researchers have speculated uh, will help with the gender gap and gender inequity in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Although there's also data that show that when men uh, uh, that men who take paternity leave are more productive in terms of research during that leave 
than women who take family leave are. Um, that is that women seem to be taking it more as actual leave and men t- tend to be more likely to take it as time when they don't have teaching obligations and so mm-hmm. can write more papers. So it's, mm. yeah. I have, I have a, a friend who, who took paternity leave and, and a colleague asked, asked him what project he was going to work on during his leave. <laughs> And and, like, and and to his credit, human. yes, exactly. <laughs> to his credit, he was like uh, being a dad. Um, yeah. But but the expectation, um, uh, especially among some people, is 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 that the anyway that the men are not going to be doing a lot of childcare. Which I, I try to I try to fight, and I, I do think it's on us men um, to be vocal about that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. to, to you know, anyway, women do enough and and have been dealing with the childcare expectations alone. So it's up to us to kind of be a little more uh, assertive about that, I think. Anyway, so, so fight for, fight for more parental leave for, um, for dads and then also do childcare and not, not a project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Family leave for, for everyone. <laughs> yes. Okay. So then, so after, after having babies, how did it, how did it change things? Like what was different in your career? I mean, obviously I know things are, different at home because now you have a baby and all of that. But like, but uh, what were the things that, um, that you found like really changed work-wise? Well, I, you know, I just, I have so much less time than I used to. And I think beforehand, uh, before having kids, I didn't feel like I had extra time. Right. But it's, it, you know, it's, it's like, you're doing something and you, your life is um, organized however you like it. And then someone says, okay, here's an extra 16 hours a day of stuff that you're going to do. Um, and you think, well, I don't have time to do that, but then you have to, right. You have to take, you have to take care of this little human being, um, which is of course going to, ha- hopefully of course going to happen, but then you have to, you know, manage everything else. And so I think, um, I still struggle with this, but I just, yeah, feel, feel like there's never enough time for what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and, and so, and so we can talk about potentially being more efficient, but I think. I don't feel more efficient whether or not I am. I, I just feel, you know, always, always running behind and uh, not on top of things. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, it's funny as, I, as I'm giving all of these pieces of advice, I find myself like, <laughs> uh, continually saying, let me tell you what's hard, but actually I'm in like the best possible scenario. So I can only imagine that it's even harder if not for the following things. Um, mm-hmm. But one, w- one of the other things is that I am very lucky that I have a wonderful, amazing, supportive uh, husband who um, is actively involved in being a dad and loves being a dad and, you know, enthusiastic about doing a lot of childcare um, and also has a job that is pretty flexible and he can work from home. Uh, I mean, pre-pandemic, even he worked from home a lot. And so, you know, when kids are sick, we would be able to just carve up the day and say, okay, you take the morning with childcare and I'll take the afternoon with childcare. Um, and so, uh, that is, uh, that is, oh, just incredibly helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, the job, I would say that for, for years, I would, would talk about the job flexibility um, and, and, and as like, officially this is an advantage of the career, but I never really felt like I benefited that much. Like the flexibility meant I could work maybe a little bit too much at odd hours or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but a- after having kids, I mean, I've really, um, depended on that. Like, as you say, so if you're, if your kid's sick and they can't go to, to daycare or whatever, like, what do you do? Um, and so anyway, so often I think, um, we have it so good, or I have it so good, but having that flexibility of being mm-hmm. able to move meetings around or 
or work from home or whatever. Um, and I, I really feel for people who don't have that because a lot of jobs don't have that. And I, mm-hmm. I don't even know how people do it. Boy, and as long as we're talking about policies that we should have that make families and institutions better, uh, having sick leave for individuals and also just opportunities like pe- people should be able to stay home and take care of their sick kids and mm-hmm. not letting them do that. Right. Is yeah. Yeah. Bad for families and institutions. Yep. Um, yeah. So I also the biggest change is just feeling like it's it's really striking how much less time there is um and 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 not even um i mean in some ways less time but also that there is just like uh, every minute is structured like there's something to be doing right so even if it's like oh i'm not actually doing work right now i'm just hanging out doing art time and making snack for the kids right now it's it's like uh time that um you know that i wasn't like ooh i think what would be the best thing for me to do between Four and five PM, art and snacks. No, it's like, nope, that's what has to happen mm-hmm. now, right? So there's like just less less flexibility with time. Um, and so I do feel like I uh have been less productive since having kids. Um, although it's funny, like work wise, if you just look at my CV, like I I haven't. Um, but I but I think also that's like, you know, growing and changing as a scholar and all of that. But I think it's just like that it's easier to see the places where I'm like, boy, if my kid wasn't sick and my kid were at daycare today or I didn't have kids, uh, I would get those revisions done today or mm-hmm. I would review that paper today or I would get my f- feedback to my students today or something like that. And I'm just not going to. So the the, the times when I'm not doing work that I might have done otherwise um, is, is much more striking. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first kind of realized that that was happening and I was just like, I'm going to be a less good scientist now because I'm a mom and really like, like wrestling with those feelings. Um, I, uh, was talking to one of my wonderful senior colleagues, uh, who happened to be in my department chair at the time. And she said something that really just knocked me over, which was, you don't have to feel guilty about not being the person you might've been if you'd made different choices. Hmm. Um, and that like, I mean, I haven't quite needle pointed it and hung it up on my wall, but I think about it all the time because there are a million different paths our lives could have taken, right? And like, I don't feel guilty about not nurturing my oboe playing because I could have been a <laughs> professional oboist if only mm-hmm. I'd worked harder. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, I made different choices and this is the path that I'm on. And I don't have to feel guilty that I didn't do that thing over there because I'm doing this thing here. Um, and that's that's really been helpful to me because like, yeah, maybe I could have like, Pounded out a couple of more papers last year if I wasn't a mom. Um, but I really love being a mom and it's rewarding mm-hmm. and it's, the you know, just gives me this incredible sense of purpose and it's super fun. And so I'm glad I'm on this path. And I think in academia, it's really easy to, you know, judge yourself by your CV or just, you know, look at what other people are accomplishing and saying, oh, maybe I could have gotten that grant. Maybe I could have whatever. But like, that's not you just, you know, you, you do you and it is probably different if you have kids than if you don't, but so is your personal life and, you know, hopefully in, in, in improve for the better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that's a really good perspective. And there are a couple of things um, that you said that made me think. So, so one going back to sort of the big changes, I guess the other thing I wanted to, to mention is it's not um, it, to pick up on what you said, it's not necessarily the, the lack of time but it's also the way that the time is structured. And I think I used, I, I have this, um, 
I, you know, just between us, I, we, let's not, let's cut this part out and not tell anyone, but I, I have this view of like the, the thinking professor where I would sit for eight hours and think about the best way to write a paragraph, you know? Um, and now I don't have eight hours of uninterrupted time ever. Right. So there's a lot more like task switching and learning to work with smaller chunks of time, which is, is not how I would prefer to do things, but, but I can, you know, I can, I can change, but that is still a, um, that's still a, a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, but doable, but just, you know, anyway, there's so much task switching, you know, there's a, there's a zoom call and, and feeding a baby and a four-year-old asking for something. And I'm trying to, you know, write an email to someone apologizing for not doing a thing. So it's like five things all at once, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that's, that's, that's how it is. And it's okay. I also, you know, anyway, yes. Yeah. So we all take different paths and maybe, um, things would have been different, but you know, there's a lot that's not in our control anyway, right? So, like, mm-hmm. you know, anyway, is, is that extra paper really what would have gotten you the other job or not? You don't know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I applied for a fair number of grants even with kids, and I didn't get pretty much all of them. And so, mm-hmm. had I applied for one or two less of those, and then had more time, well, you know, anyway, it, it wouldn't it actually wouldn't have hurt my career. I just didn't know that, right? So we just don't know. You don't mm-hmm. know how things are going to work out, and I think. We have a perception a lot of times of being more in control than we are. Um, uh-huh. Maybe that's true for all of life, but I think especially in academia, we feel like if I do X, then I'll get Y. And, and I think that doesn't happen as often as we'd like to think. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, so I think, I think it's okay to, to relax and enjoy the path we're on. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I think for me, I, I somehow, I don't know, I made up my mind before, before we had kids that I was not going to go to my grave with regrets about not spending time with them. And yeah. so the, uh, anyway, so there's, there's stress about not getting work done, but I, I feel like I'm pretty good at like deprioritizing work when necessary. I mean, I, you know, we still keep the lab running and so on, but I think my stress is more about like, I wish I could have done that thing, but it's not like uh, my, my stress is not, I wish I had spent more time with my kids, um, mm-hmm. which I feel good about. So everything else, it, you know, again, everything else is stressful, but um, I'm, I'm okay with, with the time balance. It just, I, I, anyway, it still just stresses me out. You can tell I'm using the word stress a whole bunch. I probably, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, okay. So that made me, that made me think of a couple of things. Um, so you, you were talking about like, uh, efficiency earlier on. Um, and, and when I said, you know, like I have fewer hours in the day to work or, you know, whatever. Um, uh, I, I don't feel like if my work day gets cut in half, I just necessarily get half as much done. Um, because I feel like I am way, I, I use my work hours way more efficiently post kids than I did pre kids. Um, you know, because every minute of the day is accounted for, uh, if I have, you know, four hours for work, as I do most days during the pandemic now, um, then during those four hours, there's no like twittering or texting or reading the news or like thinking of, you know, rewriting an email or like thinking about the best way to phrase something. Um, it's just like a, like a, like a steam engine of productivity. Um, and so, uh, I, I, I still feel like I'm getting less work done than I would if I had more hours, but it doesn't like, uh, it doesn't degrade proportionally, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like linearly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, one of the perks is like, I can be super, super efficient now in ways that I didn't used to be able to. Um, and you know, we're, we're talking a lot about how having kids makes things 
harder for work stuff. Um, and I think, frankly, there are ways that it does make it harder for work stuff. One of the things that it makes easier for work stuff for me is putting work stuff in, in perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is very easy for us to get in the mindset that like we are our CVs and our contribution to the world is proportional to the number of papers we publish and PhDs we graduate and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, work is great and can be satisfying in a bunch of ways, but like it's a job. Mm-hmm. It's a job, you know, and there are like there are other things in life to find purpose in. Some people choose to have kids and find a lot of purpose there. Other people do it in different ways. I'm certainly not implying that having kids is the only way to have a purpose in life. Um, but uh so you know, when I'm when I'm saying like, yeah, why have I published one less paper this year than I, you know, two less papers, five less grants, whatever, than I might have if I didn't have kids. Um but then I get to try to make the world a better place by having really good kids with good values who are going to help other people. And, you know, mm-hmm. like that's, that's worth something. And, um, uh, I think there are also, um, real benefits to modeling for trainees, what it looks like to have a family. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, showing like what it is to be an academic mom to, to my students. Um, that doesn't go on my CV, but I, I think that's important. Um, and modeling, I mean, I think, I think especially for, for working moms, having a modeling, having a career to your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there are lots of people who don't have careers and I'm not, I'm not saying, I just want to throw in so many disclaimers about how your mileage may vary. But, but mm-hmm. for me, I really love it that, that for my girls, it's normal that mama has to go to work and sometimes has science meetings or talk to her science students. That's mm-hmm. what my kids say. It's very mm-hmm. cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk a lot about how I love my work and the ways that I get to help people. And I want them to think that it is normal and good that moms can work hard and are good at their jobs because mm-hmm. I want them to have work they find meaningful and important too. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I am wrestling with guilt about when they say, no, mama, I want you to play with me. And I say, no, I've got to go, you know, do, talk to the students or teach a class or something like that. Um, that, that, you know, then at the end of the day, when they say, what did you teach your students today? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, they know that moms can go teach stuff to people. And, yep. and, and so, uh, also it doesn't go on my CV, but like, I like that. And I think it's good for my kids and, you know, gives, gives, makes makes me feel good too and so mm-hmm. i think it's really important when we are saying like how does having kids affect your career um or you know like your life as an academic that there are lots of different ways in which it is affecting it mm-hmm. some very positive yes yeah well and you can flip it around and say how is being an academic affecting your life with kids sure, uh, yeah. and and there i mean again you know i'm i'm so thankful for so many aspects of my job you know that that feel like it makes it easier to be a better parent. Um, mm-hmm. Not that it's, you know, not that it's perfect and, and so on, but just, again, a lot of the flexibility really helps me feel like I can, I can be a, a better parent than I could be otherwise, which I really, I really like. Um, and I do think in a way, um, you, you know, a lot of these conversations about, about kids and, and work, you know, in the context of academia um, are around the things that we've been talking about, Julia, um, I think for good reason. So sort of like the challenges of, of still doing X, Y, and Z while you, while you're adding in this extra responsibility. So, you know, writing papers or grants or teaching, or how do you, you know, balance all that while you're also caring for, for children. And that's important. And that's why a lot of times you, we have these discussions, but it's easy to gloss over 
um, as you pointed out, sort of like a more holistic view of, mm-hmm. of this really wonderful thing that's added to, you know, to our lives. Um, I, again, you know, at least for, for me, that's how it's been. And so, yes, I'll get on a podcast with you and talk about how it's stressful and I struggle with X, Y, and Z. Um, but just to be clear, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like, I think it's the best. And I, it's actually, it's, um, what I usually tell people is it is way harder than I thought it would be. I had no idea. And it's way better than I thought I would be. It, mm-hmm. I also had no idea there. And so, you know, anyway, so for me, I'm really um, overall thrilled with the experience. It's just, you know, you know, secondarily, I, I got to figure out how to manage my time better. <laughs> <laughs> my, I think my problem, honestly, and I actually want to talk with you about this return to this uh, topic, maybe another episode. But I still, despite the fact we had a whole episode on it, I still have trouble saying no. So I think I think my problem is I, I'm trying to do more projects than I was five years ago, and I have less time, and, and that's just a bad that's a bad recipe. Um, and so I think that would you know again for me, you know, cutting out a few things would would help me to be more more sane. Um, yep. But I just I still struggle with that anyway. Uh-huh. So, but I want to I want to I want to make sure to emphasize the part um, the good parts of this too, and that you know I again I wouldn't trade it for anything, and just. Uh-huh. By the way, sometimes I complain about uh, being stressed. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, so that kind of leads into um, another thing that I wanted to ask you about, which is how you deal with like compartmentalizing versus integrating mm-hmm. family stuff and work stuff. So I, you know, I know some people who are like, when I'm at home, I don't do anything with work. When I'm at work, I don't think about my kids at all. And other people who, you know, write work emails while the kids are eating or, you know, like, uh, uh, kind of are, are, are fully integrated in trying to do both things simultaneously. So what's, what's your approach there? I, I think ideally, I, I think I'm more of a, car, a compartmentalizer generally. I think that's, that's what I strive towards. Um, so pre pandemic and pre new babies, um, when our, we just had one, you know, one daughter who had a school to go to, um, I would do drop off and pick up, uh, which meant for, you know, hectic, hectic, hectic morning, drop off, get to work later than I'd like, but then I'd have, you know, six hours to be at work and then, and then, you know, pick up and, and evening stuff. So I kind of had like a six hour protected work day when I was pretty mm-hmm. focused. And then, uh, and that worked pretty well. <clears throat> um, but now, you know, all bets are off, you know, working, yeah. working from home and, and now with two, two other babies and stuff. So I don't, you know, so now it's more like, but I do, I, anyway, I don't tend to integrate. I t- if I'm going to do work, I'll, even if I pop into a different room for five minutes to write an email, I tend not to do it while I'm with family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Partly, partly in principle and partly because I just can't concentrate. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do. So one other thing I wanted just to throw out, uh, I will like try to like respond quickly to emails or, or base camp messages or whatever, especially if it's like time sensitive for lab. Um, mm-hmm. but I have so much more sympathy for, my my former advi- you know advisors and supervisors um who would send these really short emails you know like yes mm-hmm. no okay uh you know i i, w- I would spend like an hour and a half writing this four four page explanatory thing trying to be really helpful and they'd write back you know sure i'm like oh man yeah this seems so rude and now i'm i'm the one who's writing sure yeah, whatever. Just and, so, and I'm doing that like yeah. while I have a kid on my hip. And exactly. I'm right. And there's a typo because I voice texted it while I'm yeah exactly doing all the <laughs> Siri, things. Text Jonathan. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> so anyway, so that that part does feel more efficient in a way. Like I feel bad about being more efficient in that sense, but I'm I'm you know quicker with communication. Yeah, yeah. Um, I so I I, I am more integrated. I think um, so. I try very hard to keep like family time safe. I try to just be like efficient in whatever thing I'm doing. So if I'm hanging out with my kids, I just want my head to be fully in playing whatever game we're playing with them or doing whatever thing we're doing with them um, and not being distracted. And when I'm working, I want it to be like as efficient as possible. Um, But if there are times where like, I'm not actually parenting hard, right? Like they're playing hard by themselves and I'm cleaning or puttering around or doing whatever. um, I will like look at email or those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to be upfront with my trainees about the hours that I'm not likely to be available so that I feel somewhat less pressure responding to Slack messages or things like that in the hours that I am like just momming hard. Um, But if there's, if there's downtime, if somebody's napping and somebody's playing happily and like, there's just unexpected little bits of time where I'm not, you know, where my head isn't in the, the, the parenting game, um, I will use that for work stuff. Um, because then the times that I actually have devoted to working when I have like my sacred four hours, um, I don't have to do things like just respond to short little emails and I can deal with those, um, uh, uh, short and shallow tasks as Mm -hmm. we talked about them in the episode on, uh, on, on time management and organization. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I do, I do try to integrate, but I really, I really hate it when I'm like a kid needs my attention and I'm trying to write an email on my phone at the same time. So I integrate, but like not literally at the same moment whenever mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. Don't like doing that. Task switching is hard. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we started talking early on about, you know, time and career to have, have kids. And so I, I don't know, again, you and I don't have experience, but, but do you have any thoughts about, you know, about people who, who have, kids as you know graduate school or postdoc and how that kind of might be different than what we've experienced yeah i mean so in addition to like the differences in you know structural things like there may not be a system for having you know like family leave as a graduate student um i think one of the other um one of the other things that may make that challenging is that at least um at least for me like most of my other colleagues had had kids by the time that I did. Um, and so everybody like knew what to do, right? They were like, what food can we bring you? Mm-hmm. You know, like here are the ways that we can help. Um, and I think if you are kind of early in your cohort of people having kids, it, you know, other grad students may not know how to be supportive as much. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, there are benefits to having kids younger, right? I feel like people can bounce back from sleep deprivation more mm-hmm. easily when they're younger um, and and kind of have have more energy generally. Um, uh, there's also financial limitations, right? Profess- kids are expensive and professors make more money than grad students. Um, mm-hmm. And so that can be challenging there too. But if that's the time when it's best for you and your family, like, as I said, I'm going to keep saying, I think those swamp the, the professional things. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, um, anyway, so, so because our oldest is, is four, I, there's a lot that I, I haven't experienced, but the challenges change every year. Oh, and so yeah. newborn Boy. challenges are very different than two-year-old challenges, which are very different than four-year-old challenges. Yep. And so there are definitely things that get, you know, significantly easier, um, mm-hmm. in terms of the, anyway, in terms of the, the time demands or, or the scheduling or whatever. And so, so 
if even if we were only talking practically about career stuff, which is as we've said is probably not the best way to think about it, um, I could see I could see some advantages of having kids earlier, so that you're kind of through some of that early stuff, you know. Yeah, like later imagine on. if so, when you're if when you're you know working on getting papers and grants and establishing yourself as a PI, your kids are old enough to like sit alone and read to themselves. Mm-hmm. Or like can be left unsupervised for a couple of minutes while you do something like Mm -hmm. that'd be really, that'd be really helpful. Right. Yeah. So all all of which is to say there's different challenges and different benefits, right. To all of these Mm -hmm. different stages to, to, to not having kids, to having little kids, to having older kids. And so, so yeah, I think, I think it's hard to, it's hard to really say there's, there's a good time for, for anyone, you know what I mean? It just really Mm -hmm. depends on your own situation. Um, I, I want to be sure to, to mention there's a, a, a really interesting article by Emily Oster that we'll link to in the show notes um, in the Atlantic about quote unquote secret parenting um, in which she talks about this uh, uh, this this idea that everyone here's here's a quote. OK, the general sense is that everyone should adopt the polite fiction that after the first several months of leave, the child disappears into a void from which <laughs> he or she, let's say they emerges for uh, for viewing and discussing only during non work hours. Um, and uh, the idea that, like, if you have issues with your family, you shouldn't talk about them and you shouldn't say, oh, I can't do that because my kids are awake then or you know this doesn't i have to be home today because my kids are sick that we should all kind of fictionally pretend that we don't have kids because they don't have any business you know being talked about in in work settings um and she kind of advocates uh that we should all be more upfront about the parenting that we do and that we should be willing to talk about it and and being open about it um both because it kind of sets an example for younger generations for our trainees, um, but also because it kind of forces employers and, and organizations um, to think about the child, uh, the, the ways that they are or aren't accommodating childcare. Um, so, so for instance, um, I would much rather have meetings at 8.15 PM than at 6 PM, mm-hmm. but that's not the kind of thing that anyone would know unless I talked about what time my kids go to bed. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and so I was very reluctant early on to talk about, um, to, to, you know, to like to, to be open about having kids and the challenges they're in and how it affected me because I didn't want to be viewed as like unprofessional, right? Like if she takes her career seriously, why is she talking about her kids all the time? And, you know, why shouldn't like if, if you can't do your job while you're a mom, then maybe we shouldn't be letting moms have jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't, right. didn't want to, like, kind of play into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have I have um, started to become much more open about it because I think it is good for everybody. It's good for my trainees to have, like, a realistic sense of what it's like to, to parent and um, parent and be an academic. Um, it's good for my institution to know that, to know what's hard. Um, so, for instance, Carlton has faculty meetings uh from 4 30 to 6 15 in the uh-huh. evening um and it's the it's just it's the hardest and so i have um emailed you know the president of faculty and said hey just so you know this is systematically hard on one particular demographic and that's most likely to be junior junior women faculty mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so just so you know having it at this time is is really putting a, a burden on 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 us and if you want our voices in faculty meetings you might think about changing it. Um, they haven't. I know. I obviously there's a lot going on right now, but um, 
But, you know, being upfront about, about that, I think also helps with, um, helps with representation of different, you know, different, different groups. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think it's particularly hard for, for women to be willing to be vocal about that because there are such stereotypes about, um, about women in academia. My guess is that it's even harder for, uh, traditionally excluded or marginalized groups like people of color who are already trying to overcome a lot to be taken seriously, uh, and, and, you know, respected by their peers without then having this additional layer of looking like they're prioritizing family over overwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but the Oscar article really kind of does a nice job of, of laying out the benefits, especially for those of us with, with privilege in whatever way it, in whatever shape it appears um, in, in, in being vocal and open about, about, uh, about parenting, not, not keeping it a secret professionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And I also think, um, well, yeah, I think I think I think those of us who can should, and I think not only the challenges but also the benefits, right? And sort of are the are the, the things we enjoy about it. Like it's a it's a big part of it's a big part of my life, and I think um, so. I try to I try to be open with my colleagues and lab about that. Probably not as much as I could, but they certainly know when my schedule changes at the last minute, which it which happens frequently, um, mm-hmm. you know. And so you know, I, I try to be open about that too. So I, I think actually, in maybe in some ways, one of the advantages of of working from home and having Zoom meetings is that I think it's made it harder in some ways to to be a secret parent because mm-hmm. because many of us have um, kids popping in the back of our our meetings and so on, uh, or, or you know, in my case, babies crying in the background. Um, and so on the one hand, that can be distracting, but I also I've I've decided to embrace that. Um, and so if there's a meeting at a bad time. Uh, either I'll, my video will be off and I'm not going to say anything or, or there'll be, you know, kids in the meeting too, because that's what you get if you schedule a meeting at 4 PM. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not, not to be, you know, vindictive. I try not to be vindictive about it, but also not feeling like I have to upend my entire life because someone else, uh, is not thoughtful about my schedule. Um, yeah. you know what I mean? So th- there is a balance there and, but I am, I'm in a position of privilege that, um, I'm pretty secure in my position now, and so I, I feel comfortable doing that. And I, again, not everyone probably can or should, but um, anyway, that's my little way of trying to help normalize this stuff. You know, we really should have uh, ended this episode by staging one of our kids bursting into the room and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> right. Staging. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, maybe next time yeah maybe next time all mm-hmm. right well thanks so much for your perspectives jonathan yeah you too and i you know anyway hopefully we can like um continue working this in a little bit because this is a theme of of our lives and i think it's mm-hmm. useful to to share and thanks to our listeners um thanks for your patience with us and cutting us some slack as we as we try to give advice without really giving advice because you have to figure this out <laughs> right all right thanks for tuning in everybody talk to you next right. time bye everybody bye